I didn't think there'd be vampires on campus. We must have been at about 40,000 feet when it happened. <gasps> what was that? You are the Slayer. One girl in all the world. Did anybody say that? Yeah. Guess what? I feel better. Guys, where are we? Welcome back, Pat. Wow, thank you. Welcome, everybody. Kicking and streaming, 65. Very special episode, am I right? Very special. Well, half of this episode, <laughs> anyway. Uh, I cannot yeah. say that it's fully 100% special from both ep- both shows here. Yeah, you know? I have a feeling that you did not like <laughs> this this week's lost episode. Well, we'll get into that. Okay, that's what we call, and that the is teaser. a teaser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, which is funny because I do feel like at some point I said, but I didn't make like an official prediction. I think mm-hmm. I said something along the lines of being like, "I am going to be so pissed if we get a Nikki Paolo backstory." <laughs> <laughs> Dave and yeah. I were both just like, ugh. <laughs> and you wish, and therefore you receive. Yeah. I, right? sh- you know, be careful what you wish for. Right. A little Nikki Palo special here. Ugh. Mm-hmm. How was your trip? My trip was down to just great. Alabama? Went down to Alabama. It was hot. Yeah. Yeah. There was oh, a good yeah, amount of bugs. Uh, but uh, everybody good was very of nice. Bugs? Bugs. Yeah. There's oh. some bugs. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was nice. Got to see some new sites, meet some new people, and uh, yeah, it was an interesting educational experience. Cool. What'd you learn? Yeah. Oh, so many things. So many things <laughs> that I can't even <laughs> about bugs. <laughs> oh, about yeah, just you name it. Just yeah. more bugs to be afraid of. <laughs> right, also I a tie-in to this lost episode. <laughs> I was a little worried about snakes. Everywhere I go that's just a little bit warmer than my normal climate, I'm like, yeah. there's got to be a snake around the corner, you know? Yeah, like there's if just, just going to be so many snakes here. A few yards off the beaten path, you yeah. know, chances of getting this, like a python yeah. around my legs is uh, like 50-50, I feel. Well, you know... I know I'm sh- I'm sure many people have said this to you and you know it already, but it's one yeah. of those things you just have to keep reminding yourself when They're you have- They're more scared of you than- They are definitely more scared of you. <laughs> they tend to just, you know, sl- yeah. I was going to say run away, but, you know, they slither. Right. And, um, but that didn't stop me from being afraid when I was in Costa Rica. So I hear you. Yeah. Well, but Costa Rica was like, hey, well, snakes yeah. here, snakes here, snakes here. And I'm like, cool. There's just snakes everywhere. There's one right in the tree right next to you. Yeah. Uh-oh, yeah. Also, you're looking around. <laughs> well, we're on stink bug watch again. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, Pat. One day last week, yeah. I w- so Dave came up with this method of using our little dustbuster vacuum. Uh huh. That has like a little like thin kind of attachment to to vacuum them up, and then I just bring them outside. Um, okay. And one day I vacuumed seven individual. Seven stink bugs there were seven individual stink wow. bugs in my vacuum wow they just love your office they and can't I get just, enough i just like anytime i hear a slight noise or a creak it's gotta be there's a, a gnat flying around that's okay i'm like oh my god one like i think yesterday or two days ago just like jumped out of nowhere onto my desk right next to me <laughs> i feel like it's plague times 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's what I feel like. So. Oh. It's what? Sorry, plague, I missed that word. Plague times. Pl- oh, plague times. Yeah, plague okay. times. They said blade times or something, and I was like, Blade Runner times? That's oh, cool. Oh, God. Not enough blades, not enough running in that movie, okay? <laughs> I was <laughs> I was very disappointed. <laughs> There's a good amount of running. I don't know how many blades there are, but you yeah. got to see the new one. The new one's where it's at. Well, doesn't that... Ha- who's in that one? Is it Ryan, Ryan Gosling? Gosling? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll Come show on. up for that. Mm-hmm. I'll show up for that. That's maybe I'll one. watch that. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Add it to my list of maybes that you've recommended <laughs> to me. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. So, what's going on? Uh, besides stink bugs. Besides um, stink bugs. Well, I am seeing a therapist. It's been a while. Great. Since my family drama around my wedding. So a couple mm-hmm. of years. And she's awesome because she is also like witchy. So she kind of combines oh. like working with crystals and tarot and stuff like that. Oh, that's with, right up your alley. Yeah, yeah. Like with, you know, like neuroscientific, like actual psychotherapy stuff. So yeah. Does she watch I Buffy? really like it. Um, I don't know. I haven't what? asked her that. How has that not come up yet? <laughs> <laughs> Number one question. Yeah. Do you watch Buffy? Yeah. No? Okay, We got bye. a bunch of Moving childhood on. trauma to go through, but first, the big question. <laughs> well, she did today, like one of the things we talked about, I've seen her twice, and one of the things we talked about is like having archetypes. So basically having things kind of like, you know, that you can like call, like personalities you can call on when you are like, oh, I'm really struggling right now, but remember this time where I was really brave or whatever. Um, And she was like, I sometimes think of superheroes. And she's like, I really like Batman. So if I'm like really struggling or dealing with a lot, I'm like, okay, let me channel Batman. And like, how would he handle this situation? And I'm like, that's really cool. And so that made me think of Buffy, obviously. Mm -hmm. And um so I mentioned, you know, thinking of like Buffy and Willow as archetypes that I would want to channel. And she didn't really have like recognition. She didn't have a strong res- response yeah, to that. Yeah, so she wasn't like, like yeah, okay. yeah, Buffy's yeah. awesome. So I don't know. But maybe that'll be a thing that I ask her like point blank right. next time. But either way, even if she hasn't watched it, it's fine because okay. she's amazing other- otherwise. All right. And she is like an actual certified therapist as well, well that's as- good. Yeah, like, it's not just <laughs> so, it's not just your crystal doctor. <laughs> no, no, not my yeah. crystal doctor. But yeah, I um, I really like her, and I just think everyone should be in therapy because sure. I think we all could use it sometimes. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, and another thing is that I in six days. Yes. I'm going to audition for what? Clue on stage. Wow. Like That's basically crazy. taking the the movie. Yeah. And it's like a stage performance. So it's the same kind of like, you know, wackiness. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. How great. Yeah. I Dave has been doing all this like really great stuff where he's been trying to pursue his passions because that was something that he struggled with for a while. Um, mm-hmm. So he's like literally right now in a golf league he does voice lessons and he um like goes rock climbing twice a week so Mm -hmm. i was like i need to 
I need to go back to doing some like fun stuff for me. And like I have my businesses, which are passions, but they're also businesses. Like they're not just pure fun. grind. Yeah. I mean, not that, you know, stage acting is like pure fun. It's a lot of work as well. But sure. That is something that I really miss. So I was like, I don't know. I'm going to give it a shot. It's been a long time. I probably won't get a part, but I'm at (laughs) least going to try. Well, how fun. Well, you got to keep keep me updated with that. Yeah, I'll do my uh, I'll do my audition monologue for you after the show. Oh, of course. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) So, yeah, that's what's going on in my life. Great. Some good things, some not so good things, you know, bugs and stuff. But Mm -hmm. I feel like overall I'm doing all right. Yeah, I feel like the bugs is kind of normal for yeah. you too. You know, it is every year, year. Something, something yeah. new. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, should we uh, jump into our shows here? Yeah, let's get this show on the road, Patty Bobo. All right, let's jump into Buffy. All right. So this week. Very special episode. I hope I didn't overhype it for you, Pat. This, uh, was... this is the one that you told me to not watch the, or to skip over the the commercials for because yes. it was such a big deal. And I was trying to figure out exactly why. So uh, I'm excited for you to tell me why that was so important to you. Because I don't well, think I missed a, a, a beat. I mean, who knows? I probably missed something. Yeah, I mean, you didn't. It's not that you would miss anything. It's more just that. I think the experience, because it's a silent somewhat episode, yeah. I think the experience just kind of get like, it, you're just taken out of it when you, when it's like blasting commercials at you. <laughs> gotcha. So okay. it's, yeah, it's not really that big of a deal, <laughs> oh, I guess. you're so but into it. It's so funny. <laughs> I am. I'm a nerd about it. What? Yeah. All right. So yeah, this week episode, uh, season four, episode 10, Hush, original air date, Hush. December. Hush. Hush, hush. You know that that song, Diddy. I do. Don't know who Mm -hmm. it's by or what it's called. Probably hush. The lyrics either. (laughs) But I, (laughs) I I dimly recall that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, original air date December fourteenth, nineteen ninety nine. So nice little pre Christmas special. You know, sure. Yeah, it's got me in the Christmas spirit. Definitely. Mm -hmm. This episode was written and directed by Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. So your predictions from last episode, you said, so I had told you, so basically Willow had this realization. She like had kept going into Oz's room and then finally like all of his stuff was gone. So she kind of had this realization like, oh, he's really gone. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of gave you some updated trivia about Seth Green leaving the show to perform, to uh, pursue an acting Uh, movie acting career and so you were like okay definitely Oz is gone now you know he's not coming back because there was kind of that doubt before Mm -hmm. um, which even the audience had Uh, and then you said the Riley relationship will continue to evolve and they meaning him and Buffy will get closer there will be some drama when she finds out that he's part of the initiative which is going to come out sooner or later and she's not going to be happy about it it's going to get complicated Mm. And you said Spike is still chipped. Eventually, he'll get de-chipped, which will be part of this big initiative revelation. Yeah. Speaking of the initiative, we start this episode in Professor Walsh's psychology class. 
Uh, she's giving a lecture about communication, both verbal and nonverbal. And then she requests that Buffy, you know, help her give a demonstration. She asks her to lie down on her desk and Buffy's like, uh, what? Which is a good thing to question because that is weird. Yeah. She tells like, where is this episode going? Yeah. What is this? <laughs> so Walsh tells her she's perfectly safe. So Buffy does as Professor Walsh asks. And then Riley leans over Buffy and tells her that if he kisses her, it will make the sun go down. And this is where I said, it's got to be a dream. This is a dream sequence. Dream, 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 dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... This is their first kiss, but you're right. It's a dream sequence. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's very, it's a very good, passionate one, but very awkward <laughs> that it's in front of an entire class. But the sun does indeed go down. Uh-huh. And when the camera pulls back, uh, the classroom is empty. And Buffy says, fortune favors the brave. And then she hears a little girl somewhere humming, which is always fun. It's always fun. Uh, so it's always the beginning of a horror film. Once yeah. once that happens, you're like, cool, I am now in a horror film. Yeah. Kids get a bad and rep in uh, horror films. They you know? do. Maybe, th- maybe that's part of why I'm a little terrified of having children <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> because I've watched so horror many movies. horror films. Yeah. <laughs> I just associate, I don't associate children with horror films, but, but when I think horror. about the combination, <laughs> I'm like, hmm. You've mentioned on the podcast a bunch of times, like kids showing up. Yes. <laughs> like- just night. like appearing at the end <laughs> yeah, of your appearing. bed. Yeah, exactly. That's something that is terrifying to me. It's not something yeah. like I think about all the time. Like mm-hmm. I don't have nightmares about it, but it is something that I think about if I had children, that is a thing that I will have to deal with and I will be scared. Yeah. The and I know you said that it happens to that, you. Though, you know, you hear yeah, but, crick but in the creek. You've also talked about how like sometimes you'll look at the baby monitor and your kid will just be staring at it creepily. That's also terrifying. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's not and right. Eyes glow in the in the infrared, you know? <laughs> oh, that's so creepy. Yeah. So anyway, there's a girl humming. And so Buffy walks toward the sound and she finds a little blonde girl, maybe a young Buffy, perhaps. Mm, perhaps. Uh, I thought that. Yeah. So, yeah. Kind of what she looks like. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, so she's in a hallway holding an ornate box singing, can't even shout, can't even cry, gentlemen are coming by, looking in windows, knocking on doors, they need to take seven and they might take yours, can't call to mom, can't say a word, you're gonna <laughs> die screaming, but you it's won't be heard. It's a lot longer than I remember it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very creepy. Mm-hmm. Then Riley goes to touch Buffy's shoulder from behind, but when she turns, we instead see a very quick flash of a scary, oh, scary, scary pale, bald man with Smiling. silver teeth. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a suit and grinning sinisterly. Mm-hmm. And then it's over, and Buffy wakes up in her real psychology class. Yeah. Drooling, yeah. nonetheless. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Willow says minimal drool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Willow and Riley both tease her about falling asleep in class and then Willow excuses herself to go to her Wicca group, but she actually stays behind to sneakily follow Buffy and Riley and listen in on their conversation. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is interesting. Why, well, uh, why is she so invested here? Cause she's like, I gotta, she was I gotta like, get this fulfilled somewhere, okay. you know? Yeah. 
she's not seeing any action herself so she's like let me just <laughs> let me lend you know. a hand in yeah this one. yeah <laughs> um Riley asks Buffy about her dream and if he was in it. And she says, you know, there might have been a cameo. And he says, romantically. And Buffy says, I'm not saying a word. Which means yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. They exit the building into a sunny courtyard. And Riley asks what she has going on. And without thinking, Buffy says, patrolling. Yeah. And then she amends that to petroleum, Petroleum. which is not much better. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then she turns it back on him, and he says that he'll be grading papers. And when he finally goes in for a real kiss, not a dream kiss, Buffy stops him by pointing out that there's just a final. He shouldn't have any papers to grade. And Riley says that, you know, they're late papers. Oh, yeah. Um, Good save, buddy. Good save. Yeah. So they're already struggling with being together and keeping their after dark activities secret. (laughs) Yeah. So they awkwardly depart and Buffy mutters, fortune favors the brave. And then we get the intro. Back from the intro, Giles is on the phone with Buffy and he's kind of repeating the rhyme that she heard in her dream. He tells her it sounds vaguely familiar and he'll look into it. After hanging up, he asks Spike, who is no longer tied up, if he's heard of a group called The Gentleman. But Spike is more concerned with their lack of Weedabits cereal. Which he likes to crush up and put in his blood for a little bit of texture. Yeah. Yeah, I knew you'd like that. I don't like that. (laughs) Don't like that. Uh, Anya and Xander arrive arguing about their relationship. And Anya is, you know, accusing Xander of using her. She says, this isn't a relationship. You don't need me. All you care about is lots of orgasms. And Xander's like, okay, remember how we talked about private conversations and how they're less private when they're in front of my friends? Spike says, oh, we're not your friends. Go on. And Giles is like, please don't. And then he tells Xander that he needs him to take Spike for a few days, which I kind of love because they're sort of like treating him like an unwanted pet. You know, like it's sort of (laughs) starting to be like... Can you take him for a couple (laughs) days? Can you take it? Yeah. Can you watch him? (laughs) Yeah. Um. And because he is having a friend over and would like for them to be alone. And Anya says, oh, you mean an orgasm friend? And Giles Mm. says, yes, that's exactly the most appalling thing you could have said. This Anya, no class, but lots of (laughs) hilarity. I don't know if it's a lack of class. It's more she's just very clinical. She's just like, you know, it's almost like when she speaks, it's like she's giving a dissertation, you know? Yeah. It's like... Just brass tacks. I like that about her. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've said that a lot. Uh, so no one is happy about this plan except for Giles because he'll be getting rid of Spike. Uh, and Anya, Xander, and Spike all argue, leaving Giles looking exasperated and trying to ignore them. We cut to Willow's Wicca meeting happening in broad daylight in the middle of a student lounge people walking on by going about their business (laughs) yeah just out in the open yeah yeah okay one of them they're gonna find a venue a leader yes yeah well i'll let me tell you about that pat but first i gotta read this line okay all right all right so one of them leads them in a chant she says we come together Daughters of Gaia, sisters to the moon, we walk with the darkness, the wolf at our side, through the waterfall of power to the blackest heart of eternity. Wow. Come on, ladies. That sounds majestic and mysterious. No. I'm on board. First of all, this meeting should be outside, okay? If you want to be a daughter, daughters of 
Gaia. Okay. Yeah. It's got to be outside. Sisters under of the, the moonlight, moon perhaps. Should be under the moonlight. Yeah. And See? the only one who's walked with a wolf at their side is Willow. Willow. Literally. Literally a werewolf. Not yeah. just walked either. No. Some other activities with this werewolf too. Yes. Yes. Many activities <laughs> with this werewolf. <laughs> um, yeah. So then, then afterwards she says, I think we should have a bake sale. I'm mm, like, there we go. Is, what is this? High school? Oh, it's raising money. You know, you gotta, you gotta get for money what? for a uh, field trip. For candles? Sure. Candles. That candle budget's out of control. You saw how many Willow has to support, you know? That's true. A little bake sale might do you some good. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it's clear that Willow is kind of like, okay, what's happening here? Same as me, right? Yeah. Um, as the sister witches argue about where to spend their energy, this bake sale or a newsletter, and mm. then one is like, who left their scented candles dripping all over my woman power shrine? I was like, oh, this is why I don't <laughs> do this. You don't partake. <laughs> why I don't in do this. I just do it myself. Sometimes with like, like this. one friend, you know, mm-hmm. and sure. that's it. That's all I can handle. Yeah. Um... I probably shouldn't poo-poo that, right? Okay. If you're into this, cool. If you have a great coven, that's awesome. I And I actually do, like, you know, I'm part of this goddess thing where uh-huh. once a month I gather with a group of, like, I think it's, like, 12 of us, mm-hmm. something like that, and we talk about a goddess, and that's great. But, you know, it's like, I don't know. This no, just no, feels no. really, it's <laughs> like, it's written to feel kind of, phony it feels superficial to you it's not real yeah yeah because like they're just in the middle like go outside (laughs) touch the ground southern california man it's Mm -hmm. fucking beautiful out all the time this should be outside (laughs) okay Okay. all right so anyway um willow suggests that they show an interest in like you know spells and then she gets shamed for it and the girl who was talking about her woman power shrine was like, oh, yeah, then we can get on our broomsticks and fly around on our broomsticks. Not a bad idea. And then another one is like, you know, certain stereotypes are not very empowering. And a shy looking blonde who we later learn is named Tara mm-hmm. tries to cut in a few times to like agree Tara with Willow. cards. <laughs> hey, I know. Ne- wow. Wow. Never put that together. Missed Pat. that one. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> miss that miss that completely yeah <laughs> um if only i had a crystal ball to see that one yeah i know you gotta get one of those you gotta go to the witch <laughs> yeah, store i do save up your I points do. <laughs> i save enough my witch points <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so okay yeah so she tries to cut in a few times to kind of like agree with willow the woman power shrine lady keeps talking over her and then tries to give tara the floor but like in a real condescending way like oh tara do you have something to say and so tara just shuts down really mm-hmm. mean girl in her right yeah which is more like bitches am i right oh Pat? boy yeah such crass language <laughs> well because one of them is like one person can suck the energy from an entire group. And I'm like, you guys are already doing that on your own. Like you're already being like, ah. I don't know. I didn't, did not like this energy. Yeah, I know. Did you don't like, like these it. mean witches. No, they're very mean, mean girl witches. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so later, Willow is telling Buffy about how the group is all talk. Buffy says, no actual witches in your witch group. And Willow says, no, bunch of wanna blessed bees. Yeah. <laughs> Which I really like because blessed bee is something that is often said in spells and rituals. Oh, yeah. Yes. So blessed Willow's bee. saying like wannabe, wanna blessed be. It was sort of funny. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's kind of like it's I kind of equate it to a little bit like the I guess it depends on the kind of church you would have gone to growing up. But mm. when you say like peace be with you and then, you know, also with you and you're like shake people's hands sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. It's sort of like blessed be like. Oh, I hope right. everything's great. Kind of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then she changes the subject and asks about Riley, and Buffy says that that's all talk too. That they almost kissed, almost. and then she gets in your dreams, an, Buff. Yeah, yeah. It is Am exactly. I right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she says then I get all babbly, and it's kind of cute because that's how Willow used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't like having to lie about her Slayer life. And then we cut to Riley complaining about the same thing, although, you know, commando life, uh, <laughs> to Forrest. And then that night in Xander's sweet basement abode, he's tying Spike to a bright orange recliner. It's very uh, mid-century modern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, loved it. I thought it was really yeah. cool. I had a cool yeah. recliner, you know, in high school. Yeah. In my bedroom, yeah, it's a brown leather well it's probably pleather let's be real yeah yeah but i loved it thing reclined you know it was compact too oh you oh, had that in your bedroom that's so yeah. cool yeah right next i always to my wanted to futon be bunk bed what jealous <laughs> so jealous did you actually have to share it with someone uh no just joe when he came over that's awesome yeah you had I know. just like a you just had like a and i had a, a mini fridge guest room i had a mini fridge in my bedroom too how what cool the is hell? that i know i know was, what did you put in there cokes the pepsis yeah they, they had these gigantic 16 ounce cans that You're i used to get pepsi at walmart guy, Pat? pepsi and mountain dew dr pepper forget well, about dr. it well dr pepper i support but okay yeah I'm no not, I, was in, I was into pepsi more so than coke Ugh, i'm avid avidly coke yeah I mean, not really that avidly because I just don't drink soda pretty much at all. But <laughs> yeah, I think I'm equal opportunity. But when employer. I have to choose, I choose Coke. And yeah. if if I'm presented with Pepsi as an option, I'm like, no. Bye. The only time I really love having like Coke is if I'm at a movie theater and I like to get cherry Coke Ooh, with my popcorn. Cherry Coke, that's kind of my my jam at the movie theater too. Yeah, yeah. We make great movie theater buds. Yeah, probably. And sometimes with pizza, but. <laughs> Sometimes that hasn't pizza. happened in a long time. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, at least we could share a Coke at a movie theater. Right. Which is like their slogan, right? Probably not anymore. What? I guess that's not a really Who's good slogan. Like COVID times. Oh, right. Yeah. Nobody's sharing <laughs> Share a anything. Coke with a friend. Yeah, you don't right. want to share anything. Oh, that's right. That was a slogan, huh? Yeah. I think share it was an old one and then they brought it back. That was the one when uh, they put all the names on the bottles. All the names. Yeah. yeah. That was crazy. They used to sell so much Coke because of that. Yeah. It's, I mean, Because people just want a bottle with plan. their name on it. Yeah. You'd go searching through the freezer. Or buy it for freezers. their friends. I wonder how much energy was expended of people just opening uh, freezer doors and going through them in the store just to oh, find their name. probably a ton. Yeah. Hmm. Not really anything I witnessed, but... No. 
I'm sure had to be had to had to have because it's not like they had enough space to just put them all alphabetically. Right. You no know, way. You had to go digging. Had to go digging. Yeah, I never saw a Sammy. No, that's... like not the way I spell Probably it. Saw I'm a sure Sam. there was like a Sam. You yeah, scratch scratch in like an eye. Yeah, you know, with a paper clip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why not? Sure. But I'd be like, cool, thanks. Don't really drink soda, but that's fine. I'll drink this anyway. Let's go have some popcorn or pizza, and right. I'm good. Yeah. Anything that starts with a P, really, is fine. <laughs> Peppers. Peppers. I Potatoes. Think. Okay. There you go. Potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Potpourri. <laughs> mm, that, no. You can't eat that. Yeah, you might want to sprinkle a little in your Coke or your no. Pepsi, perhaps. Maybe Spike will sprinkle it in his blood. Ew. That's texture. disgusting. There we go. Probably now smells shut great, that though. down. That <laughs> does. <laughs> Adds a little scent, mm-hmm. a little aromatherapy. Sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. Let's move on. All so right. Spike is tied to a bright orange recliner <laughs> uh-huh. because Xander does not trust him while he sleeps. And Spike says that he wouldn't bite him anyway. And Xander says, I happen to be very biteable, pal. I am moist and delicious. Ooh. And Spike says, all right, yeah, you're a, all right, yeah. <laughs> all, all right, right yeah all right, fine yeah. you're a nummy treat <laughs> sorry i haven't eaten like i've had like two sips of my two roads um gosa here i'm yeah. not like i think oh mercury is in retrograde path uh, that's there what's you happening. go well that always always happens. mercury retrograde yep. issues you that know definitely <laughs> happens all right all right uh, all right, yeah, you're a nummy treat. And Xander says, and don't you forget it. And then Spike adopts a high-pitched voice to mimic Anya. And he says, Xander, don't you care about me? We never talk. And Xander keeps telling him to shut up. And he's like, Xander. <laughs> it's just really silly and funny. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, then we cut to Giles sitting at his desk trying to work out the rhyming riddle. They need to take seven. And there's a knock at the door, and it's his old sexy time friend, Olivia. Oh, yeah. She's they back. get to the... Back yeah. for some more. Back for some Mac. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. Some more rip- <laughs> Ripper. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They get to it right quick, and we briefly see Giles's notes about the gentleman, like on his notebook, before right. we cut away to a not-quite-abandoned clock tower at 1 a.m. Hmm. We cut inside to like the top floor, like behind the clock, and we see a pair of bony, pale hands carrying the ornate box that the little girl in Buffy's dream was holding. Hmm. And he puts it down on a table, opens the lid, and we hear lots of whispering, kind of like when Buffy was telepathic and it was like, like nothing really discernible, but just lots of whispering. Mm-hmm. Um, And then we cut to an overhead shot of Sunnydale, then a fancy house, a sleeping little boy breathes out a white mist that flies out his window. And then we cut to a sleeping older man. I wrote Breath Ghost. Breath Ghost. Yeah. yeah. Um, Who are you going to call? No one, because you'll find out why. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You're going to have a hard time doing it. Yes. Uh, And the same thing happens to this older man. And then we see it happen to Giles and Olivia and then to Buffy and Willow. And then all the mist collects in the air and then goes into the box, which the creepy hands close and the camera slowly pans up to reveal the scary but besuited 
grinning bald Besuited, guy. Besuited, you Besuited. say. Besuited. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's a word. It didn't autocorrect me or anything. Hmm. Um, just like you say, bespectacled, you know? Sure. Sometimes yeah. I just like to sneak fancy words in. <laughs> and they all start so, with B. Be spectacled, be suited. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> uh, so yes, it reveals this scary grinning bald guy with silver teeth from Buffy's dream. Ah! Yeah. Whoa. He was uh, spooky looking. Terrifying. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. You like it? Effective. How is Amy? Uh, how is Amy doing? <laughs> uh, I think she's creeped out for sure. Yeah. I think the more creepiness comes later. Yes. Yes. Yes, there's more to be had. Mm-hmm. Next morning in the dorm room, it's fairly quiet as Buffy gets up, brushes her teeth. She's kind of going through her morning routine. And then she watches a crying girl run past her in the hall and is kind of like, mm, what's up with that? Mm-hmm. She goes back into her room as Willow is getting out of bed and she says, good morning. But no Nothing sound comes actually out. comes out. Mm-hmm. And then Willow says, hey, and the same thing happens to her. No sound. Then they try again and still nothing. So it's all lip reading now. There aren't even subtitles. And right. there's not like a ton of it. And it's very obvious. But um, yeah, I was kind of thinking about that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so Willow thinks that she's gone deaf. And Buffy mouths, I don't think so. We can't speak. Because she's been able to hear, you know, like the water brushing her teeth, the girl mm-hmm. crying, just not talking. Um, so Willow tries yelling, but that doesn't work. Buffy goes out into the hall and sees a bunch of students panicking over not being able to talk. So who are you going to call? No one. No because one. you can't talk. I mean, you could, you womp could womp. start tapping on the keys, you Do know. Morse code. Right. Boop, boop. Yeah. Beep, boop, boop. So somebody would have to be versed in Morse as well mm-hmm. as yourself. Yeah. I feel like Xander might know it from his military stint. And I feel like Giles would probably like Giles just because he's an knowledge. educated fellow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Spike that could work. He's been around for a while. But it's probably easier for them to just be like, you know what? Let's all congregate. Something bad's happening. Let's congregate at Giles's house. Yeah. That's <laughs> like where you that's go. their plate. You know, that's their new library. Mm-hmm. Um. So then Xander jumps out of bed, having discovered the same thing is happening to him. And he accuses Spike of doing it. And Spike also can't talk, but he kind of like spreads his hands out to be like, how? Because he's still securely tied up in his chair. Mm -hmm. Xander keeps trying to yell at him and Spike holds up two fingers, which is the British F.U. Oh, is it? Yeah. I was wondering what that was. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I realized that until Dave said something. Oh. And I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Because hmm. <laughs> that's like definitely the gesture he like he's intending. Yeah. But because it's not the middle finger, I'm wondering if maybe like that was a no-no to do on television or something like that. Oh, uh, maybe. To keep their ratings. Middle I don't know. Middle finger? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. So, it's crass. Yeah. So probably they couldn't actually do that. So they do right. the British one. Uh, Xander picks up the phone to call Willow and Buffy, and Buffy picks up the phone when it rings, but of course, neither can say anything, so they hang up. Mm. Uh, Spike stares at Xander like he's an idiot for trying it, and then we cut to Riley and Forrest heading down to the initiative. Um, They do the retinal scan to get in the elevator, and Forrest writes in a notebook and holds it up. It's all over town. And then the elevator suddenly stops... Because it didn't get a vocal code. Uh-oh. And as we know, it's supposed to have like vocal <clears throat> confirmation as well. 
Riley tries to breathe on it, but it isn't accepted. So he opens a small door to put in an override code, but he can't remember the code. The elevator keeps warning them. And then finally it says lethal countermeasures engaged and a yellow gas, which is tear gas, I'm guessing. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Don't know if you would know about mustard gas. Mustard gas. Yeah. Considering the color. That makes more sense. (laughs) I don't know what color gases are other than like clear right gas yeah. right. Uh, right uh so it starts to pour in through an opening near the bottom of the elevator and luckily professor walsh overrides it for them and she's looking real annoyed and points to a sign behind them that reads in case of emergency use stairway <laughs> uh we cut to tara the shy girl from willow's wicca group entering the student lounge area where the wicca group wicca group meeting was held and she kind of looks around but she's not finding what she's looking for or who she's looking for Mm -hmm. and then a guy drops a glass bottle and it shatters the silence kind of like jolting everyone gathered in the room tara looks around some more and then leaves in downtown sunnydale the bank is closed but the liquor store is open wide open this this kind of reminds me yeah go ahead yeah no you go ahead i was gonna say remind me of 2020 (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Liquor stores are essential businesses. Yeah. (laughs) The world is fucked. We're going to (laughs) drink. Right. I also heard that, I forget where I heard this, but uh, they have to keep them open too because like alcoholics, like if if they go cold turkey and they can't get their liquor, you know, some of them can die. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, They could have withdrawals. Right. I didn't even think about that. That's Mm -hmm. wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I shouldn't laugh at that then. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that liquor stores are essential <laughs> businesses that stay open. Yeah. But like, we don't have to go to our banks, you know? I don't know. I mean, in the pandemic, I, I'm sure they were probably also had to be open. But I yeah. just remember my specific bank is like a smaller bank, right. like a local one. And it was kind of like, Thankfully, their headquarters is uh, in Middletown. Yeah. So they have like a lot of branches. But like every time I went on their website, it was like this branch is closed today and this branch is closed. It was right. like ping ponging which branches were closed. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure yeah. that was just a wild time not having staff, you know. Yeah. Um. So uh, Buffy and Willow are walking downtown and they're looking around at, you know, all the people who are just sort of also meandering around looking forlorn uh and buffy and willow are holding hands which i thought was kind of cute you know they're kind of like clinging to and comforting each other in this like end of world times and speaking of end of world times they pass a priest standing on a box a crowd of people in front of him with bibles open a woman standing next to him has a chalkboard sign that says revelations 15 1 written on it which technically it should just be a revelation, not plural. Oh. And it reads, uh, if like this passage in the Bible says, and I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. Okay. So that sounds good. Yeah. Um, and there's a guy selling dry erase messages, message boards now for $10. Guy, 
is yeah. on to something. Because <laughs> there's always someone willing to buy up shit and profit from it during yeah. a crisis. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and it's funny because Willow and Buffy look at him and they kind of like scoff, but then we smash cut to both of them entering <laughs> Giles' house and wearing them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like funny. the fact that that like they had them around their necks, like this guy's not just selling them by themselves. Like, you know, he's, no, got, you had a little he's strap. got a neck attachment yeah, and you, you get a marker like, yeah. Whiteboard necklace. It's worth forking 10 bucks over four. Yeah, 10 bucks. But like bucks. he probably got those for like a dollar. Sure, yeah. That guy's making out real good. Yeah, that guy went to Acme Especially sur- back surplus in 99. and filled up his trunk of his Toyota Corolla. Yeah, dollar and, store. Yeah, and threw some twine on it so you can make it into a necklace. Yep. And boom, he's a thousand air. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. you know, the, those markers are probably going to stop working in a week, but by That's that okay. time, it'll be fine. Yeah, You're no, not going to be using no it anyway. Yep. Yeah. Cash only business. Right. Guy. Real entrepreneur. Cash me outside. Cash me outside. How about that? How about that? <laughs> um, so Xander and Olivia are sitting in front of the TV. Giles is at his desk. Xander and Giles both get up kind of like hopefully before they realize that Buffy and Willow have also lost their voices. Buffy sees all the books on Giles's desk and asks anything. But of course, she just mouths it. But Giles shakes his head no. And then Willow takes off her board to write hi Giles on it and is like <laughs> kind of being cute about it. Yeah. And so Giles hugs her. Buffy picks up the notebook where Giles has written, can't even shout, can't even cry, the gentlemen are coming. And, you know, she kind of like points to it like, oh, this is what's happening. And Giles acknowledges it, but he kind of shakes his head again like, yeah, I know, but I still got nothing. Xander snaps at them to get their attention and then turns the volume up on the TV. And a news reporter says, big news item from Sunnydale, California. Apparently, the entire town has been quarantined due to an epidemic of... Strange as they miss say this may sound laryngitis. <laughs> Which I was <laughs> like, laryngitis doesn't doesn't sound like silence. No. Usually it's pretty gross sounding. I mean, you could lose your voice, but it's not like it's only because your throat is so sore. Yeah. It's not because like you literally can't talk. You can't talk because it hurts too much. Yeah, I guess so. As but, far as I remember. Well, Maybe I'm there's like times strap. that like you lose your voice, but it's like it's it's like raspy yeah (laughs) you sound terrible (laughs) but they have to explain it somehow right yeah Yeah. um you have to whisper right yeah so he says it seems the town has been rendered unable to speak there's no word yet what might have caused this or what other effects might be seen from this epidemic Local authorities have issued a statement, a written statement, I should say, blaming (sighs) recent flu vaccinations. A few skeptics call it a citywide hoax. In the meanwhile, Sunnydale has effectively shut down. All schools and businesses will be closed for the time being and residents are advised to stay home and rest up. Centers for Disease Control have ordered the entire town quarantined. No one can go in or out until the syndrome is identified or the symptoms disappear. We'll bring you more on that as it develops. (laughs) It's a full report. Sammy Joe artist. What's your sign Tuning in from (laughs) sunny Sunnydale. Except I'm outside because otherwise I wouldn't be able to talk to you right now. (laughs) Over to you, Bohan. All right. Thanks for passing it back. Let's get a check on weather and then we're going to go to traffic. But first, weather. 
That's all I do. I just pass it back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) You don't actually report on anything. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm just a traffic controller, you know? Yeah. Back and forth. Uh, so yeah, this also felt very, um, very 2020, you know, yeah. quarantining, stay that. home, rest up, mm-hmm. don't go anywhere, CDC, CDC mm-hmm. all this, right. <laughs> flu vaccinations, right? Um, Buffy holds up her message board to Giles on which she has written, keep researching, I should be in town tonight, and Giles mouths why, and we cut to Professor Walsh using a Stephen Hawking-esque screen yeah, reader. Yeah, I wrote that. Yeah. yeah Stephen Hawking voice. <laughs> yep. Um, do you want to read this? I feel like you'll do a really good... No, I can't do that voice. Okay, I'll try and do it as okay. best as I can. It's not going to be good. <laughs> no, it's but not. <laughs> I might slip into Yoda. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it says, because there will be chaos, <laughs> and then she she keeps typing, you will help keep order, dress as civilians. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Maybe I have a voice acting career if uh, this theater thing doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah, I think you should do your, uh, uh, your uh, audition in Stephen Hawking voice. Just, you know... <laughs> throw a little flair it does into have it. to be it does have to be a comedic audition well so. there you go i think they'll respect it they'll say this is some, we haven't seen this before this we have not yeah. seen before i just keep switching i'll go yeah. from stephen hawking like, seen what before <laughs> <laughs> and then i'll and then i'll go to yoda and then christopher walken, christopher walken. Yeah. you know and that's that's, that's all of them basically i think yeah. that's all of them yeah Maybe there was one more that I was good <laughs> at. I don't know. Just demon voice. Just demon generic voice. demon voice. Sure. <laughs> um, you will help keep order. <laughs> Dress as civilians. A military presence would only increase panic. And Riley writes, what is happening? And Walsh slash the computer says, we are looking into it. Go help maintain order. We will find an answer. <laughs> i feel like i have to do it really loud though <laughs> um back in downtown sunnydale a car has bashed into a fire hydrant and it is geysering all up over the place yeah that's what they do geyser geyser buffy walks and watches riley break up a fight between two businessmen and then when his back is turned one of the guys grabs a piece of pipe and buffy comes up behind him and like kind of turns his wrist hard enough for his bones to crack and the pipe goes flying and the guy collapses in pain, but she barely bats an eyelash, you know? Yeah, She's no just biggie. a regular Tuesday for sure. Buffy. Mm-hmm. Then Riley turns around and sees her and embraces her and he says, are you okay? Well, he well, mouths he, it. Oh, yeah. And she nods and then asks you and then he sort of like shrugs. Ah! Did you see that? Did you <laughs> I see saw that? It. <laughs> it attacked you. I, I don't even know where it came from. <laughs> this uh, is the hell I'm living in. <laughs> stink bug alert. What is that? Revelation 15, 15 one. 12. Well, 15-1. The, the stink bugs are coming. The wrath of the stink bugs are coming for you. The stink bugs. <laughs> oh, I don't even, I have no idea where it went. So. Okay. That's just going to haunt me. Great. Okay. Okay. Um, huh. All right. All right, they're talking. Uh, He sort of shrug nods. And then we hear glass breaking and they start to kind of break apart to go their separate ways when Riley finally kisses her for the first time 
I saw it out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> and then it disappeared again. Oh, it's in my light. <laughs> well, okay. maybe it will burn. It'll be happy there for a little while. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Fine. Okay, so Riley finally kisses her for the first time, and it's a noise kiss. Oh, it's a real noise. Real nice. Silent kiss. So beautiful, though. Just uh-huh. very passionate and sure. loving. Uh-huh. Then he walks away, and Buffy goes in the opposite direction. So the clock tower shows it's 1.50 a.m. when the front door creaks open, and we see a few pairs of legs wearing nice suit pants and shiny black shoes floating out the open door. Yeah, floating and gliding through the gliding, air. Gliding, yep. And yeah. then something lumbers out after them, and we cut to a wider shot of them on the street, again, just starting from their legs, but we pan up, and we see those well-dressed floating legs belong to two creepy pale bald men, one of whom is carrying a small black satchel. Yeah, these were spooky-looking creatures, I'll tell you what. Yeah, they kind of look like creepy gentlemen. Creepy gentlemen. Uh Mm Uh-huh. So then uh, they're accompanied by loping guys in unbound straitjackets, arms just flailing. Yeah, they're kind of like loping, you know? Oh, okay. Like uh, sort of like how cavemen sort of lope, you know? Sure, yeah. Um, that's the word for that. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're in un- unbound street jackets. Their arms are just kind of flailing everywhere. Their heads are bandaged up. Then we cut to a front view, and we now see four gentlemen up front, two carrying satchels, two more that are farther behind them, uh, and more straight jacket guys. They split off into groups of two gentlemen and two straight jackets, and then we cut to Giles's silent apartment. Olivia is laying awake on Giles's chest, and she gets up and goes downstairs, and then hears something outside, so she goes to the window. And across the street, we see a gentleman floating, facing her, and just smiling, just across the street, hmm. floating around, you know, uh, coming sure. out of a house. Yeah. And then one floats right in front of her window, get a great jump scare. Jump scare. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Turning didn't get me, to though. grin at her as he passes. It didn't? Didn't get oh me. Oh, my God. It gets me every time. Yeah. It got Amy, but I don't know. I just... Oh. Uh, <sighs> there are two good jump scares in this episode. Yeah. At least two. Two that I can think of anyway. That face close up. Oh, It'll yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> um... And then, so she screams soundlessly and jumps back, and we cut to back outside to see two gentlemen floating up the sidewalk of a house and two others floating down the hallways of Buffy and Willow's dorm, occasionally waving no at doors that they pass. So they're just kind of like, no, not this one. Mm -mm. I know it's like hard to describe on a podcast, but. Yeah, they're kind of like waving their hands around. And they're kind of like gesticulating to each yes, other. Yes, right, because they're also not speaking. Right, they're just, just kind of smiling grinning. ear to ear Yeah, and turning their heads left and right, up yeah, and, and down. Yeah, and they're like, no, mm-hmm. yeah. You smile, smile, yeah. Um, They pass Buffy and Willow's room, thankfully, and then they stop in front of room 118, and one of them elegantly gestures to it and, you know, kind of like nods his head, like, yes, yeah. this is the one. 
Uh, it's just one guy. We cut like inside the room and it's just one guy. And he wakes up to a knock at his door and then opens it to find the two gentlemen and two straight jacket dudes. The lopers. The lopers. The loper twins. <laughs> uh, they grab him and hold him down on his bed and rip open his shirt so his chest is exposed. And he's screaming, of course, but no sound is coming out as the gentleman float in. The one with the satchel opens it and hands a scalpel to the other. And we hear the sound of flesh being yeah, cut open. Yeah, this got graphic. Yeah. I mean, we didn't actually see it, thankfully. I but... know, but they scalpel the boy in his bed. Come on. Yeah, these guys scary stuff are so scary. Yeah. Then we cut to inside the top of the clock tower again, where one of the gentlemen holds a canning jar with a heart inside it and places it down on a table next to six other jars, two more, which also have hearts in them. So they Mm. have three hearts in total. The gentleman flourishes his hands and the other gentlemen clap at, his, at their great success. But the first <laughs> one holds his hands out to, you know, as if to be like, oh, stop. You're too kind. <laughs> so modest, you know, such nice, such uh, nice boy, manners. Such gentlemen. Such gentlemen. Mm-hmm. The next day, Buffy sees people gathered in front of the victim's room. And so she sneaks in to check out the scene. Giles gets his morning paper and we see headlines that say brutal slaying shock silent community. And then also one that says 15 year old girl found stabbed heart was missing. Yikes. Yikes. Olivia finishes a sketch of the gentleman that she saw and shows it to Giles, which gives him an idea. And he goes to his bookshelf, pulling out a book with a title that says fairy tales. Then we cut to an empty lecture hall at UC Sunnydale. Xander closes the blinds, then joins Buffy, Willow, and Anya in the front few rows while Giles sets up an old school transparency projector with like, you know, the ones with like clear overhead projectors. Yes, exactly. With like the clear pieces of like plastic that you would use dry uh, erase markers on. Mm -hmm. I remember like once or twice, like in school doing something where like i got to go up and like write on the dry erase board or something and it was like magical not the dry erase board but on the projectors yeah 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 Yeah, they're always so cool yeah (laughs) yeah um so giles has also brought a boom box and he plays dance macabre composed by camille saint science i'm probably mispronouncing that it's french Uh, but it's like, yeah, sort of kind of how it goes. It's very creepy. Um, dance macabre is dance of death. And then he, Giles cracks his knuckles and he gets started totally in his element. He's like stoked to be doing <laughs> he this. He likes this. Yeah. <laughs> Except his first transparency, which reads, who are the gentlemen, is like, he puts it backwards <laughs> accidentally. Yeah. So Anya, and they like tell him to like turn around and we see Anya eating popcorn. <laughs> uh, so then his second transparency says, they are fairy tale monsters. And there's also a drawing of a gentleman with a tiny purse on it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then he says, what do they want? And Willow emphatically raises her hand, then points to her chest. And Xander puts his hands in front of his chest in a suggestive manner. And he's saying, he's like, mouths boobies. 
And then Giles rolls his eyes and put up his next transparency with, you know, that says hearts and a bunch of hearts drawn on it. Yeah. And then his next one says they come to a town and there's a drawing of two gentlemen on a hill above two houses. And the next one says they steal all the voices so no one can scream. And then the next one just says then and then followed by a drawing of a person in bed, a gentleman cutting into their chest, blood everywhere. Yeah, very graphic drawing. <laughs> very graphic. That's why you know Giles is like loving this. And then a second one uh, has kind of the same thing, but even more blood, and the gentleman is holding up the heart. Yeah. Um, Willow and Buffy exchange a grossed out glance, but Anya is like totally unfazed and just keeps eating her popcorn. Giles puts up the next slide. I'm calling them slides because it's just easier to say than transparency. Right. And it says, they need seven. They have at least two. Xander writes on his dry erase board, how do we kill them? Buffy mimes stabbing with a stake, but she's not holding anything. So it looks like she's doing (laughs) something else. Suspect. Yeah. Let's say it's the same gesture a man might make to refer to what he's doing alone with his male parts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Xander and Willow look at her horrified and she rolls her eyes, gets a s- actual stake from her purse and then does it again. And they're like, oh, okay. Stabbing um, motion. Yeah. And then Giles answers us with another slide that says, in the tales, no sword can can kill them. And there's a drawing of a gentleman with three swords stuck in him. <laughs> and then uh, his next one says, but the, pri- but the princess screamed once and they all died. So Willow takes out a CD, holds it up, and then mimes a very dramatic death, which is very Mars attacks. Oh, yeah. Um, Giles these, put- these Martians kind of remind me of the Mars attack, or the, the gentleman kind of remind yeah. me of the Martians a little bit, yeah. just the way they move and stuff. Well, and at the end, what happens is very similar to Mars oh, Attacks. Okay. So um, Giles puts up his next transparency, which says only a real human voice. And then Buffy holds up her board and it says, how do I get my voice back? Giles shrugs, then puts up his last transparency, which says Buffy will patrol tonight. And it has a drawing of Buffy wearing a dress and holding a bow in one hand and an arrow in another. Um, and this this drawing and like Buffy will patrol tonight is Mm -hmm. like all over the internet. You can buy t-shirts and like mugs and stickers with it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Buffy, like Buffy looks at the drawing and mimes like that. Her hips are way too wide in the drawing. Yeah. (laughs) She's (laughs) like, what, like what the hell man? (laughs) Um, but Giles is all teacher mode. He points at Buffy and then points back to his projector screen. Then he points to the other three and holds up a book indicating that they're to help him with research. Mm hmm. In the initiative, the article about the 15-year-old girl is circled in a newspaper in red marker, and we see and hear Riley, Forrest, and more commandos locking and loading and gearing up. So I guess it's military presence time. That's what they do. <laughs> yes. We cut to Buffy walking down a street with a bow and arrow, and then we see Riley walking down a street with his gun. He spots the clock tower and sees shadows moving past the windows, so he heads toward it. Then we cut to a phone list with Willow's room number highlighted, sitting on top of a book with a page that reads Spells of Speech and Silence. And then a hand grabs a couple of things from the scene, and then we see that it's Tara as she heads out of her room. Tara walks through the dark campus, uh, continuously checking over her shoulder until she trips and falls. And then 
this is another th- scene that is like so creepy because yeah. we see we're focused on her like trying to pick up her stuff but in the background silently we're seeing the gentleman and two of the straight jacket guys like moving towards her right oh, so so unsettling yeah. um but then as they get close enough she hears the straight jackets because they're you know flailing their arms right they're, they're not floating gracefully like the gentleman yeah Yes, they're loping. And then, so she looks back and then gets up and runs. And then we see Buffy walking down the street when she sees a gentleman floating to a house across the street. And then this is another jump scare because a straight jacket jumps out at her. Yikes. Tara. Ha. 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 (laughs) (laughs) If only they had voices. If only. (laughs) Tara runs down the hall of a dorm and the gentleman in straight jackets are following behind her. She's banging on doors, trying to yell, but no one will open. So she keeps running. Buffy knocks out the straight jackets that she's fighting and runs off. Riley enters a clock tower and he's pulled to the ground by a straight jacket guy. He fights with it, knocks it out. Then another one charges at him. And we see Tara running up a staircase. She starts banging on room 219. And Willow hears this because she's in 214 um, and wakes up from napping at her desk. And Tara keeps pounding and pounding on 219. So if you don't, if you're not someone who like picked up on the room numbers, then you you might think that this is her door. Um, so Tara keeps pounding and pounding on 219 and finally it opens, but it's a gentleman holding a heart. Yikes. Yikes. So Tara runs away and then she knocks into Willow, who is like just walking out of her, um, dorm room into the hallway and Willow hurts her ankle going down, but the girls get up and run down the stairs. Riley continues wrestling with a straight jacket guy and another starts toward him, but Buffy, busts through a window in the cool way that she does sometimes and knocks it down. Mm -hmm. They each battle with their straight jacket guy. Then they, you know, those guys out of the way, they turn and face each other. Weapons poised (laughs) face to face. Right. And they're shocked to discover each other's identities. Right. They're both uh, people of the night. <laughs> yes. If I will. <laughs> people of the <Yeah>. night. <laughs> but they quickly get back to wailing on the street jacket guys because they're like, okay, well, you seem to be fighting the things that I'm fighting. So let's just figure this out later. Mm-hmm. Riley uses his zapper gun to tase one. Buffy's doing. Cool. Yeah. Buffy is doing the good old fashioned punch and, you know, kick the shit out of them because like her bow and arrow is not really going to do much. Classic maneuvers. Yep. And then she Tarzan swings on a rope and kicks one down on the other side of the room. And Riley's like looking real impressed. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, damn. Back at Giles's, he bumps into Spike as he's distractedly reading. Spike gets a mug of blood from the fridge (laughs) and gulps from it. Then he sits down on the floor at the coffee table in front of the couch where Anya is like napping. Zanya, 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 Xander walks in, sees Anya asleep and uh, also sees that Spike has blood on his lips and his vamp face on. Oh, yeah. And he immediately assumes that somehow Spike has killed Anya. It's so funny that his vamp face just shows up every once in a while. It's not yeah. like it's not like every time. Like when he's in the tub sipping it from the straw, he didn't vamp yeah. face out. But this time he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm gulping it down. Yeah, Maybe I got it. some some wheat wheat yeah. things in there." He's mean you know? mugging it. He's mean that, mugging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
We yeah, we know it shows up pretty reliably like when he's fighting cuz that's right. what happens with Angel too, but yeah, he must just be really into this. It's like a version of letting your mug. hair down when you're a vamp. You're like, yeah. Eh, I'll just vamp yeah. face, why just not? Just vamp face right now. Yeah. I don't have to stay pretty. But even if he wasn't vamp face, if he had the blood on, you know, his mouth, he had fruit yeah, punch mouth, but it's weird. blood mouth, it's not going to look good to Xander. No. Uh, so, yeah, Xander charges at him and keeps punching him repeatedly. Spike, of course, unable to fight back. And then Anya gets up and, like, is trying to get Xander's attention, finally does, to show him that she's okay. So he leaps up, he grabs her, and he kisses her as Olivia and Giles enter the room. And everyone's like, oh, yay, everything's fine. Everybody's great. And Anya realizes that Xander does care about her. And then she motions to him you know, like want to have sex with a crass hand gesturing <laughs> <laughs> and they exit leaving behind grossed out and bewildered Spike Giles and Olivia. <laughs> yeah. Then we cut back to Tara and Willow running down the stairs as fast as they can. Tara helping a limping Willow and they lock themselves in the laundry room. They try to push a soda machine to the door, but they're not strong enough. So Willow sits down and tries to do it with magic using the force. Yeah. Uh, Tara sees her struggling and then understands what she's trying to do. So she slowly interlocks her fingers with Willow's and their eyes meet. And then they kind of like squeeze their hands like powering up. Mm -hmm. They look at the soda machine and bam, it just Dual force. moves right quick. Shazam. Right yeah. across the room. Mm -hmm. Right across the room to barricade that door. Yeah. Willow looks at their hands still clasped together and they're both kind of like, whoa, you know? Wow. What power. Back in the clock tower, Buffy and Riley are still battling the straitjackets. Buffy follows one up the stairs and sees the table um, with, you know, the jars and all the hearts in them. Yeah. Three straitjackets pin her down as the gentlemen start to crowd around her. Um, one of them grabs a scalpel and starts toward her, but Riley zaps him away and then zaps one of the street jackets away enough to kind of like get Buffy fighting again. And then his zappy power goes out. <laughs> so he resorts to hand to hand combat mm -hmm. and he strangles one of the street jackets with a hanging rope. One of the gentlemen then st uh, stabs Buffy in the back with a scalpel and then backs away as a street jacket holds her in a chokehold. She sees the box on the table and bangs on like she's being held against like a giant spool of rope. So she kind of yeah. like bangs on it to get Riley's attention. You know what I just realized? What? That box there. That's uh, what we would consider a voice box. Am I right? Is it? I don't know. What is that? A voice box? Yeah. That's like what everybody has. You know, you, d you get a voice, a, a voice box. So this is a box with voices in it so it's a voice so everybody has a voice box in their body right sure oh okay okay it's play on words it's a that's a it clinical didn't, term didn't land yeah no i i uh, get it <laughs> oh good <laughs> <laughs> she got it <laughs> i got it everybody right, cool <laughs> i was All like right. what's a voice box is that some kind of like cool hip new new thing i should be knowing about yeah no it's it's uh it's, yeah i don't know 
voice box. I don't, I don't even know what a voice box <laughs> Great is. Great joke, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I gotta look up voice box. All right, voice box. Your larynx. It's another na- name for your larynx. Okay. Your voice box. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. All larynx right, cool. and your larynx? Jarynx. And larynx. <laughs> <laughs> Hi- larynx hijinx. That's yeah. another uh, name for this episode. Yeah. Doesn't sound as good as hush though. Not quite. So I, you know, feel like feel like that was the winning title. Yeah. Okay. Uh, larynx hijinx. <laughs> larynx gitis. I guess that's probably why it's called laryngitis. <laughs> larynx giles. Oh. Okay. Okay. So uh, Riley sees the table, and then in slow mo, he uses the butt of his gun to smash. A blue vial next Whoops. to the box. No, that's not. And he looks up and he's like so proud of himself. And Buffy's like, ugh. She rolls her eyes and then motions like the opening and closing lid of yeah, a box. The box. Um, and so he gets it this time, smashing the box of voices, the voice box, if you will, as Buffy breaks free of the straitjacket guy. And white mist comes out, some of it going into Buffy, and she screams and screams, and the straitjackets convulse violently on the floor as the gentlemen try to cover their ears, and then kablamo, their heads explode, sending green goo everywhere. So that's kind of like the Mars attacks. Yeah, I kind of forgot that happened, but yeah, I haven't because it's like burned into my brain. It's just like (laughs) disgusting. (laughs) You know, it's just like really gross. Mm -hmm. Um. She and Riley look at each other like, well, we're going to have to get into this now. And then we fade to the next morning at a busy UC Sunnydale campus. And inside the student lounge, Willow talks with Tara. And we're going to do some lines here. Okay. Do you want to be Willow or Tara? I'll be Tara. Okay. So you have to be kind of like, you know, kind of like shy and like, like stumble over your words a little bit. <laughs> okay, That's you just be Tara. Some direction I'll be Willow. For you. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. You, can, I believe in you. I believe you can be Tara. All right. I'm just helping you. I'm just giving you some All directorial right. notes. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Willow says, "You were there looking for me." I thought maybe we could do a spell, make people talk again. I had seen you in the group, the Wicked group. You were. You were different than them. I mean, they didn't seem to know... What they were talking about? I think if they saw a witch, they would run the other way. You're doing great, Pat. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) How long have you been practicing? Always. I mean, since I, um, was little, my, my mom used to, she, um, she had a lot of power, like you. Oh, I'm not, I... I don't have much in the way of power. Really, I mean, most of my potions come out soup. Besides spells going awry, friends in danger, I'm definitely nothing special. No, you are. And Willow, you know, smiles at the compliment, and then Tara kind of like bashfully smiles too. Very nice. Mm, yeah. Um, Giving Oz a run for his money, I'll say. Oh, oh. really? I don't know. Maybe. That might be sacrilege to me, Pat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We cut to Giles and Olivia laying on his couch. And Olivia is kind of like reeling from the fact that all of this stuff that Giles used to tell her 
about, you know, witchcraft and darkness was like actually real. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's like, everything you told me was real. And he's like, well, you know, I, I wasn't actually one of the original members of Pink Floyd, <laughs> but all the monster stuff was. Yeah. And Olivia says, scary. And Giles says, too scary. And she says, I don't know. And Giles, you know, kind of looks a little concerned. He's like, uh oh, I'm going to lose out. I'm going to lose my, my, my sexy up. time, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we cut to Buffy's room. Riley enters and he closes the door behind him and he sits on Willow's bed while Buffy stands next to hers. And when he walks in and for a brief moment they're standing, I'm like, the shot that they show, I was like, oh my God, Buffy is so short compared to him. Yeah. <laughs> like they, the I don't know, just the way that they framed it up made her look so small. Yeah. Um, but then he sits down and he says, well, I guess we have to talk. And Buffy sits on her bed and she says, I guess we do. And then... Cut to credits. They sit silently facing each other, hands folded in their laps, not able to figure out what to say. Yeah. And then we fade to credits. Okay. 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 Wow. Any any final thoughts on this, Pat? What do you think of this semi-silent episode? Uh, the silence was interesting. Um, I like the creatures, the gentlemen. I thought they were effective and I like the yeah. floating and I kept yeah. looking at like, how are they floating? I mean, I guess they were on wires or whatever, but I was like, that's going to be I a nightmare to try to, you. to try to rig up and move them through the hallway and stuff. Yeah. 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 And I also found like this, the first time. Uh, when, when I watched this, like, you know, for fun with Mm -hmm. Dave before I rewatched it to take my notes, um, it was the first time that I picked up on all of the language about like talking, um, kind of like leading up to it, Mm -hmm. you know, so like Xander saying when like, you know, when Spike was giving him a hard time, it's like, oh, Xander, you don't ever care about me. You know, and uh, when Spike is saying that to to Xander and Xander's just like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Right. Um, And like earlier on in the episode, um, Buffy says, you know, to when Riley is like, oh, was I like romantically in your dream? And she's like, I'm not saying anything. And like, there's a couple of things like that that are really subtle um, that I thought was just kind of interesting. Like now that. I'm so familiar with this episode and I've seen it so many times and know it's coming. I'm like, oh, wow. You know, I could pick up on all these things. Yeah. And then, of course, it's fun that at the end they can talk again, but don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> just kind of cool. Um, so uh, do you want some trivia? Sure. All right. Well, so Joss Whedon originally planned to do a musical episode uh, instead of this one, but Xena Warrior Princess had recently shown a musical episode, so mm. he. Does put anybody that idea like the musical episodes? I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. I do. <laughs> oh, I'm asking the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, I love musicals, so uh, that <laughs> means one's coming. The wrong person. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. I don't maybe know. Maybe for sure. Uh, Joss Whedon claimed that he wrote this as a challenge to himself. Because critics had hailed him for his deft use of banter and witty wordplay. So he decided to see if he was a good enough writer to craft a script which was largely lacking any dialogue at all. Hmm. So I think that's kind of cool. 
Uh, the gentlemen were inspired by a nightmare that Joss Whedon had as a child, specifically one in which he was in bed and approached by a floating monster. Ooh, yeah, uh, that's scary. Yeah. So Nosferatu, Pinhead from Hellraiser, and Mr. Burns from The Simpsons all served <laughs> as physical models that's for funny. the gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like, I could definitely see it in like Mr. Burns' like, hands, yeah. kind of. And you know? his face. And face, yeah. Yeah. Uh, elegantly Victorian um, in costume and demeanor, Joss Whedon found their politeness and grace especially unsettling. Their metallic teeth were inspired by the intersection of Victorian culture with the height of the Industrial Age, which is an era that Joss Whedon considers classically creepy. Okay. So all of that kind of played into this. The actors who played the gentleman had previous experience performing as monsters and were professional mimes, which gave them this elegant grace. Movement. Yeah. Yeah. Two of the gentlemen uh, were able to sustain the creepy smile while on camera without AIDS. So they didn't Mm. have anything to like help them keep their mouths like open and smiling while they were on camera. It's got to hurt doing that all day. I was thinking that and I was like, oh my God, that is so creepy. Mm. So according to Camden Toy, one of the gentlemen, he says the appearance of the gentleman was so intimidating. The rest of the cast would avoid them between takes. Only Mark Blucas, who plays Riley, would interact with them. While Amber Benson, who plays Tara, uh, her mother actually asked them to keep away from her daughter. (laughs) And Amber Benson said that she felt really bad because no one would eat lunch with them. Oh, poor (laughs) gentleman. (laughs) I was like, you know, I, I, I went from like being terrified of these guys to be like, oh, no, have lunch with them. That's so sad. (laughs) Uh, Joss Whedon was so impressed with the physical movements of the gentleman that he admitted on DVD commentary that his mocking of mimes in general went down about 40% after the episode was filmed. Because he was like, oh, wow, like mimes are like legit, you know, like they have some real skill. But only 40% more legit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So their floating effect was accomplished by suspending them from cranes with wires, which were digitally removed in Mm post-production, or by pulling them on dollies. Aha. The scene where Buffy objects to Giles's drawing of her and like her wide hips was improvised by Sarah Michelle Gellar. The actors actually delivered all of their lines as normal and the dialogue was just muted so that the lip reading early on was identifiable. Um, and apparently with a high enough volume, um, Allison Hannigan can be heard to say the first part of her line, I've gone deaf when she hmm. and Buffy are in the dorm. I did not test that theory. Sarah Michelle Gellar, Allison Hannigan, Nicholas Brendan, and Joss Whedon all rank this episode as among their favorites. Hmm. Uh, during Giles' presentation, he said it too, as I said, Dance Macabre. This piece is um, used as the theme for the show Jonathan Creek, which Anthony Stewart Head played a magician, but then he left the show to star in Buffy. And often in that show, crimes are solved where it seems the cause was magic or something spooky, but then the main character debunks it by showing how it can be done with like scientific methods. Gotcha. Uh, Several scenes in this episode are filmed on the same street used in Desperate Housewives, and many of the characters' noticeable homes can be seen. Hmm. I've actually seen Desperate Housewives, and I, but it's been a long time, so I was like, ah. But that's kind of cool trivia. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah. Wow. There you have it. Lots of stuff. Lots Lots of of stuff. stuff for for this episode. Obviously ranks among amongst a fan favorite. Yep. Top episode. Yeah. This is a good one. That is yeah. interesting. Yeah. Cool. All right. You uh ready to get in some lost? Oh yeah. I'm <laughs> so excited for this episode. Yeah, I knew it. All right, let's get into lost. This is Lost Season 3, Episode 14. This one is titled Exposé. Original air date is March 28, 2007. Written by Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz. And directed by Stephen Williams. Sammy, your predictions. All right, so last episode I said I think Locke will finally kill his dad. I want to say he won't because he's clearly kept giving him the benefit of the doubt. But he'll either kill him or he'll die by some other, you know, by someone else's hands or some other means. But he's not going to be sticking around for very long. Um, Alex is going to confront Ben about her mother and demand that he bring her there. And they'll either capture Danielle or Alex will run away and find Danielle on her own. Jack will make another deal with Ben to try to save his friends, but not Locke. And I think that Christian Shepard is the one who operated on Locke when okay. he um, was paralyzed. And we don't get anything from this. We don't get anything. <laughs> nope. Yeah. This because... is just such a great episode. <laughs> All right. So this episode begins <sighs> with Nikki running. She's a, she's a fan favorite, Nikki. Everybody loves Nikki. Mm. Running in a panic through the jungle and hits the ground to begin digging a hole and burying something into the ground. And then we flash back to Nikki on stage. She's stripping to all I want to do is a zoom, 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 zoom and a boom, boom. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and, and then she follows a man uh, back into this back room where all of a sudden the scene turns into this old school gangster movie scene with Billy God, D. She's Williams. so bad. <laughs> do you know who Billy D. Uh, is? I Billy definitely recognize him, but I couldn't place him. What's he from? That's Lando Calrissian from the original Star Wars, Sammy Joe. <laughs> Lando Calrissian. Han Solo's friend. Okay. <laughs> You're just going to totally act like got you it. know. <laughs> All right. Uh, Nikki Sorry. gets. <laughs> Nikki then gets shot after she tries to razzle dazzle kick him, and they yell "cut." Yeah, she, she says "razzle dazzle." I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is this, Chicago? That's what, that's what you say. That's what you say when you're going to, for a big kick. That's what I say. Razzle dazzle. For, yeah, that's yeah. what Buffy always says. Can you, you imagine? Well, you confuse them. They're like, "Huh? What?" And what? Then, bam! I've just been razzle dazzled. Yeah, exactly. What do I even do now? It's a real maneuver. Give them the old razzle-dazzle. Razzle-dazzle them. So they yell cut, and she walks out with the director. It's then revealed that the set is in Sydney, because, of course, you always see the Sydney Opera House whenever you're like, where are we? Oh, "Oh, Sydney Sydney Opera House. House." Okay. Then we're definitely in Australia. And she tells the director, who's much older than her, that she loves him, and they kiss passionately. Mm. Back on the island, <laughs> Sawyer and terrible Hugo, actress with an older director. What? Suspicious. 
Sawyer and Hugo play ping pong, and Nikki comes stumbling out of the woods. Just as they're about to go get help, Hugo announces, dude, Nikki's dead. And Sawyer responds with, who the hell is Nikki? <laughs> Which I think is the second time he said that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, love it. Then we get the lost title. And then we flash back to 84 days ago. And Nikki has breakfast with her older director, Boo. And we then see Paolo, who is uh, introduced to her as this cook for the so, director. When they first showed her like walking out of off of like the set Mm -hmm. um i was like oh i bet paulo is gonna be in craft services or something (laughs) and then and then (laughs) and then he shows up as like a personal chef i was like hey close enough (laughs) yeah but he was described as the wolfgang puck of brazil Mm. and then the director gives nikki a beautiful bracelet which he hides in the bread basket uh when all of a sudden the old man dies and then Paolo comes in. He's not really shaken by this. And then Nikki takes the key from around this guy's neck. Yeah, also they, ripping it again, as Harmony would say. You're too good to work a clasp. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy's dead. So, you know, let's just yeah, get this but, key off. You know what I'm saying? But also, like, I don't know. I'd be afraid of, like, injuring him. and. Well, the dead guy? Yeah, I don't know. Just, like, <laughs> just, like take, just take the clasp off. It's All not right. that hard. But they go into the other room and they open a safe in his closet and they find a Russian doll where Nikki exclaims, Matryoshka doll. Razzle frickin' dazzle. Razzle frickin' dazzle. (laughs) I was like, okay, this is just a fucking joke episode. (laughs) (laughs) So they're they're conning this guy. They're con men, these two. Mm. Back with Sawyer and Hugo over Nikki's dead body. And Hugo realizes that she didn't say, power lines she said paolo lies huh Mm, and they're like oh look at her dirty fingernails i'm like everybody probably has dirty fingernails they're living on a beach island what else do you do you just dig you know try to dig your way off that island so flashback to nikki and paolo at the airport and they toast some champagne together and over here shannon and boone yelling at each other and then Nikki has Paolo promise they will never end up like that. Well, and then also their siblings. Cut to the plane crash scene where Shannon is screaming. We've seen this a few times. So many times. Episode one. Just love seeing Shannon screaming too. That's a great love it. Great part. And we follow Nikki through the wreckage and she thinks she finds Paolo, but it's just Arnts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, what a throwback. We're getting wow, all, these, guy. all these guys back. I know. She then sees Paolo, who's staring out into the ocean, and she then asks him where the bag is. And cut to a dead Paolo in the middle of the jungle. Sawyer and Hugo come across his body, and Sawyer says, I'm guessing this is Paolo. Yeah. Sawyer, Jin and Hugo inspect the scene like a bunch of hard-boiled detectives. Yeah, and, and uh, <laughs> Paolo's pants are unbuttoned. There's a tree. There's a shoe in a tree. Yep. Mm-hmm. All clues. And Hugo yells at Sawyer, saying he's messing up the crime scene. And <laughs> Jin yells, "Stop, monster!" <laughs> <laughs> so flashback to Nikki and Paolo at night on the beach, and they talk about the monster noise that they heard early on. 
in uh, season one. Remember? Yeah, and Paulo also thinks shaking? it's a dinosaur, and I'm like, right? all right, I can't hate him that much now <laughs> because you guys were on the same team. Because we were on the same page, I'd been like, yeah, yeah to mm-hmm. fucking dinosaur, Paulo, you're right. Ditch right? Nikki and let's get out of here, friend. <laughs> Let's go dinosaur hunting. Yeah, let's link arms and and uh, just and tr- razzle trot, dazzle our way razzle dazzle through the jungle <laughs> <to> the woods. <laughs> and then who pops up? But Ethan, Rom. Yeah, that's his yeah. last name, right? I know. We all. It's confusing because Ethan the Rain. one and the one and yeah, Buffy is Ethan Rain, but yes, right. Ethan Rom is the is the lost one. And he tries luring them into jungle. He's like, hey, uh, I don't know. Jungle sounds oh, pretty good. Stuff. You guys want to head into there? <laughs> looking, you, oh, you're looking for stuff? Maybe right. it's in the jungle it's because the jungle. plane exploded. There. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then some yeah, commotion breaks out. It's so, it's so funny because like, oh, go ahead. Some, some commotion breaks out until Jack comes out of the darkness and gives his old, if we can't live together, we're going to die alone speech. Remember that yeah. old ditty? Yeah, mm-hmm. this episode is like, look, guys, we were here too. Right. We were here all along. We were here all along, and, and nobody we're paid important. attention to us. Fuck yeah. Man. And then back to present day, Sawyer, Jin, and Hugo drag Nikki and Paolo to this graveyard on the beach, Sandy Graveyard. And flashback to Nikki bouncing up to Arndt to ask him about all his little science experiments that he's got in his jars. Yeah, and uh, the first thing that he's holding. Mm-hmm. Is a fucking centipede. Oh, really? Yes. No, I didn't notice that. <sighs> I did. Because I was like, I was sitting there like, <sighs> <sighs> for like at least 30 <laughs> seconds. And Dave just didn't even, didn't even acknowledge that I was yeah. having a mini, mini panic. Right. But amongst them is also some uh, interesting looking spiders as well. Yeah. Lots of spiders. Yeah. And she's like, oh, tell me, tell me how does this stuff Ernst. work? And he's like, he, he, he. Right. Ooh. He's kind of like, giddy. oh, I'm like, this is painful. And she fl- like flirtatiously asks him about uh, if he knows about trajectories and stuff. And he Oh, like, do I know about trajectories? Oh, yeah. He, he totally is into it. And he agrees to help. In the jungle, Nikki and Paolo chat about Leslie Arnst, and Nikki says Paolo's jealous of him, but Paolo says that he just doesn't trust him. And they come across a plane that's up on the cliffside, you know, mm-hmm. that plane. Yeah, like they find this plane. Yep. They also they find, find the second hatch. Hatch number two door. And, and they don't say anything to anybody. They, they don't say anything, and they open it, and they look down, and then Nikki's like, we're not going in that. I'm like, who are you, lady? Get out of here. But yeah, yeah it's mostly because she's like, the bag wouldn't have fallen in there. Right. Oh, it just fell inside an open bag. hatch and then closed it. I'm like, uh, hello, there's other stuff going on here, lady. Yeah. Did you not realize you're on an abandoned island and you just found a mechanical hatch? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It might be worth checking out, but I don't yeah. know. You do you. Um, so back to Hugo Sawyer and Charlie who go through Nikki and Paolo's luggage and they find a script for Expose, which is the name of the TV show that she was on. And Sawyer finds a walkie talkie, which leads him to believe that they were part of the others. Mm. Flashback to Kate and Shannon fighting on the beach with Arnst, Nikki and Paolo. They show up and ask where they found the case of guns. Hey, guys, we were here, too. We were Let here, too, remember? Let us give you our opinion. We were just around the corner. Nobody nobody saw us. Uh, at the swimming waterfall hole that we've seen before, 
Nikki berates Paolo and tells him to dive in and yeah, start looking where, for this bag. That's where the because that's where the guns were found. That's where the guns were found. Right. Yep. And after jumping in, Paolo finds a bag. It's like a messenger bag, but comes back up saying that there was nothing. Mmm. Sneaky sneak. Sneaky sneaky. This Paolo. Back with the survivors, Sawyer, Hugo, Charlie, and Son debate if they were part of the others, meaning Nikki and Paolo. Yeah. And Sawyer cocks a gun saying he's going to go for a perimeter sweep, which surprises Hurley to see that he found a gun on their stuff. And then flashback to Paolo digging a hole when John Locke shows up with the torch. But he's also chewing on some nicotine gum. Yeah. Because he was like, I just want it because early on in the episode uh nikki i think when ethan rom was talking to them she was like oh we're just looking for nicotine gum you know yeah and mm-hmm. i was like oh look he is looking for nicotine gum he's mm-hmm. like legit chewing it sure uh but uh he tells paulo so john locke sees him and he's got his torch it's that night yeah and he leave tells it to Paolo. Locke to uh sneak up on paulo when paulo's trying <laughs> to be sneaky right <laughs> he says things on this island don't stay hidden and that uh, he should find a different spot anyway, since winter will bring in the tide and wash that up. Um, does he say don't stay hidden or they don't stay buried? I think he says hidden. I think he says they don't stay buried. Hmm, maybe. Maybe you're right. Because I feel like it's relevant. Okay. Flashback. Nope. Cut to Palo down in the hatch. He hides the Russian nesting doll in the tank of a toilet. In, in hatch, the hatch number, number two. two. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, that's why he was in the bathroom. Right. When they discover it. When they right. all actually discover it. Like, mm-hmm. that's why he was in the bathroom for so long. Then he hears Ben and Juliet who come around the corner and they're looking at the surveillance cameras. And they watch Jack Shepard on the TVs. And Ben tells her how he's going to find out what makes him vulnerable and he'll exploit it. And yeah. And leave. he'll exploit it. And, and, and like... I think they said that they would use Kate and Sawyer or something. Yeah. And yeah, I was they hatched like, their little plane. And Paulo's listened to this whole thing. I'm like, what the hell, man? Dude. You're not going to say anything? He only cares about them, whatever's in that bag. We don't know yet. <laughs> we don't know yet. Back on the island, Hugo approaches Dez and asks if he knows what happened to Nikki and Paulo since he has superpowers. But right. Desmond says it doesn't work like that, brother. Look, I only can see Charlie's future. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Desmond tells him that Sawyer was with Nikki right before she died. Hmm. It's interesting. Also, when Hurley tells him that she died, yeah. um, Desmond's reaction is, I, tragic. <laughs> like, tragic. my reaction exactly. Right. And then Vincent the dog takes the blanket off of Nikki and Paolo that was covering up their bodies. <laughs> Oh, Vincent. And Son and Charlie chat with Hugo, who tells them what Desmond told him. Then, as he walks off, Charlie confesses to Son that it was him who kidnapped Son back when he was Sith Charlie. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I do. And I was really proud of him for coming clean. He came clean. Like, obviously, this is going to make Son question both her and both him and Sawyer. Yeah. And Sawyer's capacity for violence now, because she was kind of like, he would never kill anyone. Yeah. But now she's probably like, But he might convince somebody else to. Yeah. Yeah. But she walks off unhappy with this revelation. Yeah. 
Flashback to when they were all in the swan hatch together, and Paolo breaks open the nesting doll in the bathroom and stuffs the contents into his pants and flushes... Mm-hmm. It's a little baggy, a little velvet little baggy, baggy. A little velvet baggy, yeah. Uh, and then he flushes and he heads back into the hatch. And then Sawyer is approached by Charlie and the other survivors, and they question him about his encounter with Nikki before she died. He tells them that she had dirt under her nails and that she was trying to hide something, then tosses a little baggie of diamonds to Sun, and he tells her that he had nothing to do with her death. Mm-hmm. But he did have these diamonds. Yeah. Flashback to 12 hours ago. So they have some like little hour markers throughout these flashbacks. Yeah. And now we're at 12 hours ago. Nikki sits on the beach and Paolo comes to her and they talk about missing Thanksgiving. Paolo's optimistic that they will be saved and he says that maybe it's a good thing that they didn't find the bag. It might have torn them apart. And he kisses her and as he leaves, Nikki finds the Nicorette gum left behind in the sand. Yeah, and I'm like, there's no way he still had this after 80 days. He was like, Pounding those things down. Oh, right. Yeah, how do you... So, a fuming Nikki approaches Sawyer and asks for a gun, and Sawyer refuses, and then asks her, who the hell are you anyways? (laughs) Yeah. And then Sawyer digs a grave on the beach. Son comes to him and tells him that she knows it was his idea for Charlie to kidnap her. She then gives him his diamonds back, saying that they're worthless here, and then she smacks him across the face. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a punch. Maybe it was a smack. Oh, maybe I don't know. But either way. Either way. Either way. Nice. Nice one, son. Right. Cut to Hurley, eulogizing Nikki and Paolo. And Sawyer tosses the diamonds on the body, saying, rest in peace. He just kind of dumps them in. Yeah, he's like, sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle. Yeah. It's nice. Uh, flashback to Nikki and Paolo in the jungle. Nikki confronts Paolo about the diamonds and then loses, uh, springs loose uh, Arnst's <laughs> Medusa spider, which bites Paolo in the neck. And then Nikki yeah. tells him that he will be paralyzed soon. She goes full dark Sith Nikki she here. She does, but she does say it only lasts eight hours. Right. But when this was happening, I was like, wait a minute, Ar- Arst, Arst? Arst? I don't remember if there is supposed to be an N or not. I think Hurley adds the N. But I don't oh, remember. yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> um, and he had said that their pheromones attract other spiders. Oh. And she like, she threw it at him and he like squashed it against his neck. So yeah. like it was all gooey and squished up. Right. And I was like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. They're going to- Nikki tells them that he'll be paralyzed soon, and then Paolo falls over, and Nikki finds the diamonds in Paolo's shorts. And Paolo apologizes, saying that he was worried of losing her. She then gets bits by a spider herself. They, like, start yeah. crawling up to her leg. And then she runs through the jungle, buries the diamonds before running to the beach and passing out. And what she tries to say is paralyzed. Paralyzed. Yeah. Hmm. And then cut to Hurley and Sawyer burying Nikki and Paolo in the sand. Ah. Just before the sand covers them, Nikki's eyes shoot open, buried alive. Boom, lost title. (laughs) That is terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, pretty scary. It's kind of like a Hitchcock episode near the end. Yeah. Felt very Hitchcockian near the end. 
like the music and everything. Yeah, I can yeah. definitely see that. But yeah. yeah, once once they once she pulled out the spider and was like, "You'll only be paralyzed for eight hours." I was like, "Oh fuck!" And she was like, <laughs> "She was like, it's it slows down your heart rate so much that even a qualified doctor wouldn't be able to tell the difference." And I'm like, "They don't even have a doctor. <laughs> the closest <laughs> right. they got is son, and you know she's awesome, but right, she's more gardener no than anything. She's an herbalist healer. Herbalist, I would right. say." yeah uh all right yeah you want some trivia yeah so expose is french for do you know exposed yeah or to expose in colloquial english it means colloquial (laughs) i'm saying it (laughs) colloquial colloquial i can't say it colloquial colloquial Colloquial. Colloquial. that's what i said first try yeah that's what i said uh, it means a revelation or exposure often revealed in the print or news media. Mm-hmm. The slate yeah, like board. An, an expose on someone. Yeah, you got it. The slate board shown at the beginning of the episode informs viewers that the fictional season finale episode of Expose was directed by Stephen Williams, who directed this episode of Lost as well. Isn't that fun? Wait, what? Say that again? The, so the clapper, you know, the, the action you know in the in the show yeah uh it says the director's name on it and it says stephen williams on it Mm-hmm. okay so it's the same director as the actual lost show in the fake show the oh okay thank you <laughs> okay. you're welcome thank you nikki and paulo's story was originally intended to be a lot longer was but was ultimately cut short because the, everybody hated them <laughs> the huge fan backlash against those two characters but uh, wait what pat are you have you just ruined something for me again no <laughs> okay okay uh <laughs> <laughs> so, can, are you gonna keep going or uh, is that that <laughs> um yeah yeah that's the end of that trivia piece anyways (laughs) uh this is the lowest rated episode of season three of lost on abc with a total of 11.52 million viewers which is still like bonkers (laughs) yeah right that doesn't happen today uh what's it rated on imdb Oh, I don't know. I didn't look I'll that look up. it up. Sawyer is seen reading Agatha Christie's Evil Under the Sun, which this book centers around diamonds, and the mystery is played out on an island. Oh, that's oh, fun. Isn't that fun? That's so fun. And I picked this piece of trivia just for you, Sammy Joe. This one oh, is... Oh, wonderful. Can't wait. This, this episode is also a take on a play called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are Dead. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Which chronicles the lives of two characters played out against the backdrop of events from Shakespeare's Hamlet. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you loved that so much when they did it in Buffy. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the uh, trivia pieces that I have. Wow. What? This is rated an eight on IMDb. This episode is rated an eight. Yeah. That is... Some people really like this episode. Bullshit. (laughs) I mean, I'll give you the the twist at the end of them being buried alive is kind of great, but... Yeah. All right. All Uh, right. What's your favorite moment of Buffy, Pat? Favorite moment of Buffy is seeing those those creepos float around. 
think that was pretty fun when they're going down the street and whatnot yeah yeah it's um, a good time i really love the giles giving the lecture um with the overhead projector thing <laughs> like, oh, i just yeah. love that, that whole scene good. it's so good mm-hmm. he's so into it and the fact that he's like here's my projector i got my boom box i'm gonna set up my music i'm gonna show you these really graphic pictures that i drew like yeah <laughs> just felt like he was feeling really in his element again right yeah and uh so i liked that okay what about loss what's your favorite moment of lost <sighs> <laughs> exasperated sigh i guess the reveal that they were buried alive yeah I think that's what I'm going to go with. I think the whole, the whole, because we kind of know at the end, once, you know, we realize that it's a spider bite, mm-hmm. we're like, oh, okay, maybe there's a chance that they're still alive. And the, as the music's playing and they're being buried, you're kind of like, oh, okay, this, this might be a thing where they're buried alive. But also, so. Paulo should have woken up first. Yeah. I but mean, maybe, I guess everybody is different, you know, who knows, but... Yeah, maybe his bite was more substantial. Maybe. Yeah. He also did squish that spider all over himself. Right, get, gross. Get that goo everywhere. Got that goo. Green goo crossover. Green goo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what episode wins? Um. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think it's no surprise here. Yeah. Buffy definitely wins, okay? Yeah, I'll give it to Buffy. After Dave and I watched Hush, I was like, yeah, Lost is going to have to do a lot of work to to yeah. beat Buffy. And then we started watching Lost and we had a Nikki and Paolo flashback or Nikki <laughs> and flashback. Like, oh, no, and I was like, this well, this is not how. Like, it's definitely. Not it. Dave was like, if Pat tells you, if Pat votes for Lost this week, you will be like, well, podcast over friendship over i can't trust you anymore <laughs> like <laughs> yeah you just you just would re- reject it yeah I reject your your choice that's yeah what you would say yeah i i can i don't agree with it i don't fully understand it but i can at least kind of respect how you felt about the zeppo <laughs> okay but, good <laughs> you know i would not i would not be able to stand for you voting lost over gotcha. buffy this week all right I still didn't hate this Lost episode. I thought it was yeah. all right, considering but, it's a Nikki and Paolo thing. But you vote for Buffy, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure. Mostly because I don't want the fight, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Come on. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Just yeah. kidding. Yeah, I mean, the yeah, the gentlemen are great. Because, like, we've seen some pretty cool monsters from Buffy. We've also seen some, like, pretty terrible ones. But, like, these were... Yeah scary and like yeah, not really were, like anything you've these seen were before spooky town mm-hmm. yeah spooky town usa mm-hmm, for sure what do you think's gonna happen next on buffy oh uh i don't know well i guess um buffy and riley are gonna speak to each other and i don't know if they're gonna reveal all mm-hmm. um but uh they're gonna come up with some kind of story Mm-hmm. Um, and then perhaps there's going to be a little bit more back and forth to see. Uh, so you don't think they're going to reveal everything? Like, I think they episode? might keep some things. I don't, I don't think they're going to unload everything. Like I'm a, I'm a, you know, vampire slayer. This and that. I don't know. I feel and like that's I work a lot for of a secret. Semi-quasi-government yeah. organization, whatever. We don't right. really know yet. Yeah. 
I yeah. so I feel like there's going to be some information held back and uh uh perhaps um they'll figure it out later on. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Spike's still defanged. <laughs> <laughs> He's still chipped. <laughs> He's still hanging out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think he's just going to continue to hang out with these guys for a while. Okay. And yeah. Yeah, there you go. There's That's my it. predictions. Nothing How about else? that? <laughs> Nothing else, huh? That's all I got. Yeah. Okay. I'm kind of surprised. Ring dry. Um, I don't know what to predict for loss because my prediction was going to be, I think Nikki will make her way out, but Paulo is dead. But then you told me that the their story was supposed to be longer and the fans hated them so now i'm thinking that they're just legit dead <laughs> well i don't know <laughs> i cannot confirm back. nor deny <laughs> <laughs> but also like the reason why i was saying oh isn't what Locke said like nothing stays buried because dave uh, and i were talking yeah. about that and we're like oh that like it's gonna be That's them right. coming back now i don't know yeah. what to believe yeah because okay. I feel like you led me. <laughs> I led you, you astray. You led me. Well, you led me like not astray. You led me to the water. Oh, okay. Well, you know what they say. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't force him to drink. Right. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out whether or not I'm going to drink, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I got to give you something. All right. I'm just, I'm not even going to. Okay, I'm going to assume that Nikki and Paolo are dead and be grateful for that. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to say that next episode, we got to go back to Locke. All right. And if we don't, I'm going to be very upset. Okay. All right. This is a All nothing right. stupid episode. <laughs> oh, right. actually, you know what? I'll say this. We'll either yeah. go back to Locke or we're going to go to like a Danielle and Alex storyline. Okay. It's going to be one of those two. All right. Uh, right. What kind of media do you got to recommend this week? Uh, oh, good question. You know, I've been watching, I don't know if I recommended this before, but mm-hmm. um, I'm watching Grace and Frankie because there's a, the last season is out on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I love Jane Fonda, Lily, Lily Tomlin together. They're a really fun duo. Yeah. And I also like the Sam Watterson, Martin Sheen dynamic i don't know if you've watched any of it but i think we saw the first episode and i thought it was pretty funny but we didn't stick with it yeah it's 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 cute i think it's really it's just kind of a nice like lighthearted like they're just they're really funny yeah and i uh i enjoy it so yeah Yeah. if i haven't recommended it before even if i have i'm gonna recommend it because i am really liking the last season okay what about you i'm gonna recommend a show that's been on for a while uh peaky blinders oh i haven't watched that and i want to tell me you liking it it's good yeah it's good it you know it takes a little bit to warm up to because it's like it's like uh it's kind of like it has like sopranos vibes to it a little bit where it has like some more modern music uh in it but the cinematography is really good the acting's good and once you know like who the characters are then it you know it becomes a better story to get interested in yeah um but yeah so peaky blinders on netflix i think they got like six seasons it's good killian murphy great wonderful and tom hardy's in it in the second season so that's worth watching yeah all right yeah it's i feel like it's on my list but um i have a long list 
And yeah. and a lot of times what happens is I will start watching something and then I'm like, oh, Dave is going to really like this. And he and I get through shows a lot more slowly than like right. I can get through shows on my own. So yeah. um, I feel like that's probably one that he would like too. Yeah. So that'll have to stay on the list for a while probably. But yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying it. A lot of people have told me that it's really good. Yeah, it's a good show. Well made. Cool. Cool. All right. Let's All right. wrap this up uh listen subscribe apple podcast uh google podcast stitcher spotify all the places leave us a nice five-star review and thanks for listening yeah thank you yeah. thanks for coming back again and again we sure. appreciate it mm-hmm. appreciate um, you appreciate you if you mm-hmm. would like to support us uh you can toss us a little cash on buy me a coffee buymeacoffee.com toss a coin to your podcaster (laughs) (laughs) to your kickers um yeah so that's buymeacoffee.com slash kickstream pod you can also follow us on instagram facebook and twitter at kickstream pod we always love to hear from you you know which scenes you like and which episodes win for you uh and you can send emails to kickstreampod at gmail.com certainly and always remember, remember that, that streaming, streaming is better, better with, with friends. Because it's just kind of sad if you only talk to yourself about shows. You know, you should watch with other people and you can talk about them. <laughs> True. Good slogan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, see you next week. See you for next week. 66. Bye. Bye.